Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. You can call me Anthony or you can call me the dude. That's fine with me. How is everybody doing? This is a Wednesday quick shot episode. I know I haven't done one of these in quite a while, but sometimes I just don't have anything to say. You ever work behind the bar like that and people say, hey, why are you so quiet lately? And you just realize I got nothing to say right now and don't want to fill your air with a whole bunch of bullshit. That's just the way I've been feeling lately. Don't worry, all you people out there, I am just fine. It's just, you know, feeling just kind of laid back, mellow, and, you know, instead of sitting back and trying to fill you guys with crap content, I'd actually take a little bit of time, take a little bit of rest, sit back and actually think about what I want to talk to you guys about. Because you guys are nice enough to listen to my podcast, and I owe you at least that much. Give bring you a nice, good quality show. Today I'm going to be making fun of some people that do karaoke, but until then, we got to start off with the drink special as usual. Now, uh, everybody always, whenever they do karaoke, they feel like they got to get a couple drinks in them first before they uh, get up on stage and belt out their favorite song. Uh, now, some people refer to that as li- uh, getting some liquid courage in them, and liquid courage can come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. You know how what it's like. Before you're about to do something embarrassing, before you're about to do something that you never do before, or something that you're very nervous about, need a little bit of liquid courage. So, I jumped on the internet and found on food.com a drink called Courage Cocktail. Uh, this one is, was submitted by Boomette. Uh, I guess she uh, puts things on uh, food.com quite a bit. It's got two five-star ratings, so two people are uh, really happy with the drink. And the stuff that you need for it go as follows. You need one and a half ounces of amaretto, one and a half ounces of Southern Comfort, one and a half ounces of coconut rum, one and a half ounces of blue carousel, two ounces of orange juice, two ounces of cranberry juice, and two ounces of pineapple juice. Now, uh, the directions go as follows. Pour the Amaretto Southern Comfort Malibu Rum and Blue Carousel into a cocktail shaker, three quarters filled with ice cubes. Shake the shit out of it. I'm never letting that go, Randy Lynn. Uh, You shake the shit out of it and then strain it into a highball glass, add the juices, and serve. So that's how you make a Courage cocktail. If you have any drinks uh, out there that you would like to be... uh, talked about on Hey Bartender Podcast, drop me an email, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or DM me on any of the social media services, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all of them are at heybartenderpodcast.com. 
not uh no just hey bartender podcast no.com there it's pretty easy to find me so anyway uh this last weekend i went tooling around i was bored to tears just sitting around at home so i decided i've watched enough doctor who for now i'm gonna go out ride my motorcycle just see where the night takes me and i ended up reaching this bar that didn't look too busy i wasn't in the mood for a giant crowd and i wandered in and uh, saw immediately there were people on the stage singing karaoke i feel like i'm talking like a narrator or something like that anybody else getting that feeling Anyway, these people were on stage singing karaoke. I didn't notice what song it was at first, but immediately as I was wandering into the bar, I almost wanted to wander out of the bar because, let's face it, everybody, some karaoke nights can be completely fun and some of them can be completely drastic. I mean, god-awful, horrible, and the bad performances outweigh the good performances. And, you know, karaoke is just, you know, it makes people feel good, builds their self-esteem every once in a while because they get up there and feel like a rock star for a few minutes. Let's give them that. Now, a long time with this podcast, I've talked about karaoke here and there, and I've told you guys my stories about how I used to sing Santana's Smooth, uh, and that became my way of uh, making myself known, making my mark in the bar so that people would recognize me or want to come visit me. I'm not going to tell that story again. I'm over it. But uh, doing karaoke for me actually went back a lot farther. I used to go to this karaoke, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, it's like they had a whole bunch of rooms with a couch in it. And then you, uh, when you found a song in the catalog, you typed in the number. And then the person uh, that was running the place would put the laser disc in. And then you would sing that song. Uh, you bring in you and six or seven of your friends. And that was pretty fun. I, and I had good friends that I went with, but it was pretty much just left to us by ourselves in that room. That's what made it fun because you automatically had friends. You automatically had fans, people that would laugh, would cheer you on all that sort of thing. But since we were 18, 19 years old, uh, eh, maybe, yeah, about 18, 19, uh, there was really, well, well, there was no alcohol involved because we were too young to drink and none of us looked old enough in order to buy beer at a store or really wanted to go through the whole thing of standing out in front of a grocery store saying, hey, can you buy me some beer? Hey, can you buy me some beer? No, that, that, we just weren't into that. And for the next few years, I had wandered around like Portland and Seattle and saw that there were other karaoke places just like it. In fact, I lived above one for a little while for about a year and it was funny because uh, late at night I would get back from work and uh, I would be hearing somebody belting out in the air tonight by Phil Collins and you know there were a couple times where I completely forgot that karaoke place was there and I'm walking into the hotel or walking into my apartment building late at night thinking who the hell's playing Phil Collins at this hour and then stop for a second and go, oh, okay, uh, it's saying uh, somebody singing, singing it while laughing a little bit and slightly off key. It's the karaoke place. Okay, never mind. But then I became a bartender. Now, when I became a bartender, I knew that some bars had karaoke inside them. And uh, after my first job, 
first job as a bartender, I started working in a bar that had karaoke. I had never seen it before, and for the first couple months, truthfully, I didn't see it then because they weren't bringing in a lot of customers with karaoke, and nor, nor were they really advertising it all that much. But over a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, they did change their format a little bit and ended up doing karaoke only on, uh, I think it was two nights a week and then just dancing on the other nights. In fact, when they changed it to just dancing on the other nights, uh, it upset the karaoke DJ because all she had to do was just sit there and spin CDs. Yes, I said spin CDs. It goes back that far. Keep up with me, people. It was 1999. So let's talk about some of the songs that gets uh, get sung at karaoke night a little bit too often. Uh, now, this is just going by my experience. You might experience different things at your bar. But songs that I noticed that got done on a severely, severely regular basis between 1999 and 2000 uh, were, uh, it was just overly common and when i was sitting at that bar this weekend i noticed that a lot of those songs still get done it and i'm like can uh you know maybe it's a generational gap or something like that but can we think of some other songs but no it's almost traditional uh in american karaoke at least that these karaoke songs get done guaranteed in a night i'm going to start here with the group songs okay now groups are people three or more. Let's just set that, uh, establish that number right now. So a group of people is not two. And so when I see a group of females walk into the bar and they're happy, they're having a good time, girls night out, woo! And I can guarantee that all of them at one point or another are going to go up and sing karaoke. They're going to say, let's all get together, let's go over and sing. And the two songs that I always, always, always heard women sing together is either I Will Survive or I Love Rock and Roll. And sure enough, while I was hanging out at that bar, uh, there was a group of women, and they all got up and sang I Love Rock and Roll. And I have no uh, no problem with that song. No, uh, I have no problem with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They are rock and roll icons as far as I'm concerned. But it gets sang almost every karaoke weekend, especially if you uh, see a group of girls. And it's always done by a group of girls. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it done by one girl. And uh, it was, you know, there's comes a point where you sit back and you say, dear God, change it up. Okay, ladies, here's uh, a few suggestions for you. If you're feeling in an overly bubbly mood, try Hey Mickey. You know, why not? And, and maybe do some cheerleader moves while you're at it. Uh, uh, not saying you should, but you might have some fun doing it. Or maybe try something by the bangles. Uh, walk like an Egyptian or something. Uh, I don't know. Just a couple suggestions. I'm just begging for people to change it up a little bit. But it's just funny because uh, it. I'm not knocking it. Because uh, it's fun to see a bunch of girls go up on stage it really doesn't matter what song it is to see them go up on stage and have a good time dance with each other. It's, it's a good feeling. And I'm, you know, back off people. I'm not saying it in a sexual manner. It's just a good feeling to see people have fun. Isn't it? Now, when it comes to guy group songs, I've never actually seen this happen all too much. 
uh, there's a group of guys that used to come into the bar every now and then, uh, and they would sing, I don't know the name of the song, you know, play me that mountain music like my grandma and grandpa used to play, whatever, I don't know, uh, uh, or something, uh, some song where it promotes America or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't remember the name of the songs, uh, but I would, those guys would always come in and sing that song. Now that probably doesn't happen in every, uh, karaoke, uh, karaoke bar, but the, I lived in a town where it was not common, uh, at all to see a guy, a group of guys get up and sing something by NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys, or even new kids on the block for you, uh, for you Gen Xers. But guaranteed that uh, at least half of the guys on stage, at least the guys that weren't uh, holding a microphone, no, no, I think in a couple times, the guys would bring the their beers up with them. It's like they have to hold something in their hand other than the microphone while while sharing the microphone with another guy. Ever, all the guys had to have a beer in their hand, even though sometimes the songs didn't give them a break enough in order to take a swig, and while they were drinking, it was. It was weird. You just all of a sudden you look on the look up on the stage. There's four or five guys on stage singing something at all, and they have to have their beer in their hand. It was weird, but there's nothing wrong with singing in groups. I mean, sometimes you need to drag somebody up there to sing with you. I've was asked a number of times, and I usually said no uh, for people uh, people that would come up to me and say, "Hey, will you come up and sing this song with me?" Sorry, I got to work the bar, you know, sorry about that. And, uh, but they would end up finding somebody else and they'd go up on stage together, sing something. And the co-ed groups. Now, I, it's almost guaranteed that a co-ed group goes up there, you will hear Summer Nights from Greece. There was even one time where I, I was laughing my ass off because the males and the females were trying to act it out, act it out as best as they possibly could. You know, all the guys on one side, all the girls on the other, and each one of them, they obviously each one of them had watched Grease dozens of times so that they knew where they should be standing, uh, what motions to do, like that part in the movie where he, uh, one of the guys flicks a, the comb in the other guy's face. And uh, they were even doing all the motions. And I found that to be hilarious but Summer Nights is overplayed, and uh, there's not many other songs that you, I can think of right now where they you can get a whole group of people to get up and sing karaoke. But once again, Summer Nights, yeah, that's way overplayed. And you know, it's you see a, a group of oh, say three couples or more, and yeah, Summer Nights is getting played that night. But uh, I've actually heard there's a dirty version of it out there. I have to look that up sometimes. I've heard the lyrics are hilarious. Now, you'd think Summer Nights was uh, a couple's song, but it I rarely, rarely ever saw two people sing uh, Summer Nights. Actually, I can think of one time. I was at somebody else's bar one night, and they had karaoke, but the thing that stood out about karaoke in that bar is one little dude. This guy, he had to have been five foot tall, but he... Uh, probably in his mid thirties, early forties. And he brought his own props. You know, he, he knew the karaoke DJ, DJ would be there, 
but he would bring his own props. He had inflatable guitar, inflatable uh, saxophone. He brought a wig one time, and he would run around the bar acting like he's a rock star doing that all the time. And I think... It, I don't. I actually don't know why he got up and sang "Summer Nights" with that uh, with that woman, but uh, just a, you know, it was just a goofy guy having the time of his life, not giving a shit what anybody thought. You had to admire him for that. But the couple's songs that uh, that always had to come up every once in a while because you know you you have this young couple, and it was always a young couple. It was very rarely an uh, older couple that. Uh, you know, they consider themselves both great singers and usually they were, and uh, they would do every duet you can think of in any kind of music catalog, whether it was country, whether it was a rock and roll, whatever. Uh, And this was, uh, you know, but this was still back in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands. And so majority of the time when I saw people get on stage and sing a man and a woman, get on stage and sing together. It was usually a Fleetwood Mac song. Uh, the woman would sing the Stevie Nicks part and the man would sing uh, the Lindsey Buckingham part. I don't even remember what Fleetwood Mac song it was right now. I just tried to pause the podcast and look it up on iTunes. But that's going to take too long if I do that. But uh, yeah, the Fleetwood Mac songs would come up quite consistently. And yes, I will admit a few years later after the song got released... Uh, I did do Picture by Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock uh, with uh, one or two girls just because they they loved the song, and I thought that would be a slick way to get to know one of them. The other one I was already dating. but And, uh, and my friend, she was like, you, get, you two got to do Picture, and we're like, okay, why not? And uh, But, uh, yeah, just any uh, any love song duets, that always seemed to come up quite a bit. Um, there was one time where I actually witnessed it, uh, in, in my bar, I've seen it in other bars and Ashley, the ginger and I were talking about it when she was on the podcast paradise by the dashboard light, uh, by meatloaf. Now watching people do that song, uh, it was almost the same way every time I witnessed it. When I witnessed it first time, it was in my bar. And I noticed right away that the guy wasn't as into it. He was he was still into it, but he wasn't as into it as the girl. The girl was always belting it out and just giving it her all. It was almost hilarious. And I'm wondering how this guy is able to, you know, stand on the stage sometimes without getting hit or because the arm movements were wild. Or, uh, or how, you know, he, uh, he's just once in a while, he'd look up a little flabbergasted, like, oh my God, she's actually belting this out. I've never heard this girl sing like this before. And it it was usually pretty enjoyable, but, uh, yeah, paradise by the dashboard light by far is probably the most entertaining. The love songs when two people get up and sing together, a little, oh, I don't know, maybe a little, uh, I don't uh, like they're showing off a little bit, and it's like, yes, we're a couple, we're in love. Maybe I'm just a little angry about that because I've been single for a while. So, well, I didn't mean to advertise it, but I said it anyway. I'm not cutting it out. Now, 
We move on to the solo artists of the night. The solo artists, the people that show up for karaoke night, specifically for karaoke night. Nah, let's not move on to them yet. But everyone, you know, the soloists, they get up on stage, they're brave enough. They have the guts, they have the integrity, they to get up on stage by themselves with nothing but between them and an audience except a microphone. Now, the reasoning behind the person getting up on that stage can all be different. Sure, there are people that get up on stage just because they want to sing. I need to sing. I must express myself through the art of singing. And usually those people aren't that great. And uh, But their friends cheer them on, and it can, go, it can make songs seem like they last forever. One woman that I remember very, very vividly, unfortunately, she was a Pat Benatar fan, and she decided to get up and sing Love is a Battlefield. Oh, dear God. And I remember looking up at the karaoke DJ, and she, she was sitting there going with eyes wide going, Oh, dear God. And But she, you know, you had to admire the woman. She got up there to belt something out. I'm pretty sure she was trying to impress a guy that was already singing karaoke that night, but she got up there and the karaoke DJ started playing tricks on people that were horrible, horrible, horrible singers and, you know, gently lower the volume on the microphone. So we didn't have to hear them as much. It It's a cruel joke. I know I can tell uh, I, I'm first one to admit that right now, but Believe me, it saves a lot of headache until the customer starts to notice. But uh, it's, you don't, uh, the customer doesn't realize because they're usually three sheets to the wind, at least that woman was, and uh, not realizing that she doesn't sound exactly like Pat Benatar. Now, that's another reason for people to get up and sing karaoke at the bar is because they sit back and think, I sound just like the artist. Now, I'll I'll tell you right now. I when I sang smooth, I know I sounded nothing like Rob Thomas. I will put my hand on the Bible and truthfully tell Santana, Rob Thomas, I sounded nothing like them. But for some people, reason enjoyed it. Okay, like I said, pass that. But there was this other woman that uh, enjoyed Patsy Cline, and she would go up there and sing every once in a while. She wasn't a well-liked customer because she worked in the service industry and didn't tip. But uh, she would go up and sit there and say, well, I sound exactly like Patsy Cline. No, you don't. Uh, and as a bartender, I wanted to be nice and you know not, in, uh, not tell her that she sounds like a fart coming out of a southbound bear after eating 20 pounds of Taco Bell. It, it's... It, she she didn't sound like Patsy Cline. Trust me. Am I being anal retentive about it? No. If I had uh, uh, if I didn't have a Nokia fifty one hundred series back then and could have recorded some of this stuff, I would be uh, playing that on this podcast. But this was twenty one, twenty two years ago. So yeah. Now we go to the solo artists that want to try to prove something to somebody that they're with, sing a love ballad to their significant other, or 
uh, sings a song to somebody that they hate. Now, um, there were times where there was this one guy uh, for he would play. He would get up and sing for his girlfriend's Wicked Games by Chris Isaac. Now, sorry, I apologize to Chris Isaac, uh, but like he's ever going to hear this podcast. I never liked that song. And that part where it goes to the falsetto. No, yeah, I never no. Sorry. Uh, I never liked that song. That makes me biased. But uh, then every once in a while, you get the girl that uh, wants to sing something to their boyfriend. Now, I can't think of any examples right now uh, where, you know, she's wants to sing a powerful ballad to their boyfriend or something like that. But I know it happened. But when people get up there for a reason, and the reason is usually negative, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe it's just the evil side of me that actually enjoys watching people do things like this. But uh, let's see. Let's see. There was that guy who sang She Fucking Hates Me by Puddle of Mud. And uh, that, that uh, yeah, that caused... A lot of anger issues in the bar that night uh, because uh, they, I guess they got in a fight while they were uh, sitting there with friends and it was a fight that, you know, she, where she took her friends and uh, trotted off to the bathroom and, uh, you know, in, you know, full steam and, you know, where everybody knows something's wrong. And as soon as she came out, it was his turn to sing. And all of a sudden I heard those chords come up. And I was like, oh, God, now's not the time, but I can't look away and, you know, watch him uh, sing She Fucking Hates Me. And, yeah, sure enough, she got up and left. And uh, it I didn't see them for quite some time. I think they eventually did get back together, whether it was stable or not, I don't know. But it, it was some time before I saw them in the bar together again. But I there was one time where I actually watched a relationship crash and burn. It was over. There was no coming back. They just had their final fight. It was all over. And he, well, she actually was one of my waitresses. And um, luckily she had a slow night on the tables, but she was always good about taking care of the tables whenever her husband decided to come in and they'd start picking a fight with each other. And, but, uh, she, she would join in on karaoke night. Once soon as she was done with all of her side work and I was by myself behind the bar, I'd let her go for the evening and she'd stick around and sing karaoke or go play video poker for a little while. She, uh, mostly stuck around the Dixie chicks, but this, or they're called the chicks now, right? Anyway, uh, they're called the chicks now because of all that problem that they had with being overly political. So the Dixie chicks were the ones that, uh, were overly political. The, the chicks are the ones that uh, concentrate on the music. I think that's how it goes. But um, this for one particular night, the relationship with her husband was over, done, kaput, never coming back. And it, uh, so he wanted to uh, stand there and fight some more. But she, as soon as she was done with her side work, she put in her ticket for to sing karaoke and then, she, ooh, it's my turn. And she went up and sang this song. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was, I think she said it was Bye Bye by, no, Bye Bye by Joe D. Messina. 
And I had to look it up. That's why I'm uh, looking at it. She told me it, and I, I think that was it. And that song does not have any uh, lyrics that say, I still love you or anything like that. No, it's a breakup song, big time. And the whole time she was on stage singing it, he was standing at the bar giving her the bird. And I thought, well, yeah, that relationship is pretty much over. And there was no, uh, I didn't, there was no time where I had to sit and talk with her about it or she was happy it was over. And so it was probably a good thing for both of them. He might've been a little upset about it. I never heard anything uh, from him. Uh, Just, uh, yeah, she was thoroughly satisfied. It was a relationship that she needed to have be done with just over. And that was her signal to him that that's it. So it worked. Next type of person I'm going to talk about is there are the people that are refer to themselves as overly. Well, I refer to them as overly professional. They sing well. Yes, but they travel to every karaoke bar to get their names out there, get discovered. And, uh, you know, and it's usually people that had a good karaoke night and, uh, their friends were like, oh my God, you were so good. Boost their self-esteem to the stratosphere. And they think, that's my calling. It's my turn to be a singer. I'm going to be famous. And so they go to travel to every karaoke bar trying to get people to uh, discover them or you know give them a record contract or something like that. Usually they find out, end up finding out that's not that easy. So, and I have met a couple people that said, Singing is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to move to Nashville. And both, uh, I've never heard anybody say I'm going to move to L.A. It's usually Nashville. And, you know, some of them I never saw again. Some of them came back a withered mess because they found out getting a record contract in Nashville, it's like, uh, what, you're here to be a country music star? Get the end of the line with everybody else. And... You know, it's it's disappointing. It's discouraging. Some people can't take it. Some people are probably still working at it. And good luck to them if they are. But this was 1999 when they uh, come up and say, I'm going to move to Nashville and I'm going to be a famous country music singer. And I look at them and go, are you sure you want to do that? Because right now, Shania Twain has the most popular album on the market. You'd be con- uh, competing with her if you want to get into the Billboard Top 100. But also, we got these new up-and-comers that aren't country named Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears that I'm not even sure can buy cigarettes yet, uh, and they're hitting the Billboard Top 100. You're in your mid-30s. You have a child that you just told me that you're going to leave with your grandparents while you try to uh, live out your dream or live with leave with your parents while you live out your dream. Are you really, really, really sure you want to do that? And... Uh, they'd go, absolutely, yes. And I said, well, then, good luck to you. And I'd usually leave it at that. If they'd came back into the bar, I'd never say a word about it. I never said, I told you so. I never, you know, I'd you'd be just like if they were there at the bar the next day uh, after they told me that and just, hey, what can I get you? All right, finally, this happened at the bar I was at this weekend. I want to talk about mood killers. Yes, mood killers. That, you know, you're walking to a bar, you got the lights flashing, other people are up there singing uh, great songs. There was a guy that did uh, Rapper's Delight perfectly. I mean, did not skip one word, wasn't even looking at the screen. He knew every single lyric 
to Rapper's Delight. It was so fucking awesome. And uh, when he came off the stage, people were screaming, cheering. But then all of a sudden, uh, a guy comes up onto the stage, dedicates this song to somebody, and he sings this song called Don't Take the Girl by Tim McGraw. You want to talk about a mood killer? Oh, my God. I mean, you go from Rapper's Delight to Don't Take the Girl? I mean, no offense to Tim McGraw. No offense to whoever wrote that song. If he wrote that song or a songwriter in Nashville wrote that song for him, no offense to them. It's a good song. But, oh, my God, I can't listen to that song because part of me wants to commit suicide. It is a really fucking depressing song, at least to me. I mean, one of the times I, when I was bartending, this guy uh, went up on the karaoke stage, dedicated the song to somebody, I have no idea who it was, and uh, sang Don't Take the Girl, and there was nobody else there. He dedicated to the song to somebody that wasn't there, out loud. And I was like, what the hell? Really? And... But, you know, maybe it, it had deeper meaning for him that none of us could even fathom. But, uh, yeah, it, it maybe he was singing it to an ex. Maybe he was singing it to his daughter. I don't know. But he was by himself, and he dedicated Don't Take the Girl to somebody. And I was just like, um, somebody sings something, anything, Spice Girls, you know, do something because everybody in my bar is about to cry and I don't want people to cry in my bar. I want people to be happy, have fun, joke around. It's that easy. Uh, oh, and other, other guys that went up and sang country music songs, uh, there was another one that was a complete mood killer. I think it was the song you had me at Hello. And yeah, that was a song where, you know, people were just like, yay. And, uh, you know, then you're basically begging for anything. I'll, you know, somebody get up and sing, sing anything, please. If it was, uh, uh, 2019, I would have begged somebody to sing baby shark or, uh, maybe even the theme song to veggie tales. Somebody sing something, but I digress. I mean, there were a lot of people that just really just enjoyed getting up and singing, made them feel good. And, and you know, you gotta, and you gotta let them do it. I mean, how many people out there just belted out in their cars nowadays? I remember just recently there was a coworker that I was driving behind and he was, if I'd been sitting in the truck with him, he probably would have smacked me in the face a couple times because he had dance motions and everything because, uh, whatever song he was singing. And I was watching him the whole time in the truck behind him. And I was like, wow, whatever song he's getting into is must be a really damn good song because he's pointing his fingers and, you know, bobbing his head, all this stuff. It's hilarious to watch people sing while they drive their car. But I'm one of those people where if I see a car coming up next to me or I see or I'm about to stop at a stoplight, whatever I'm belting out, I'll stop. I get embarrassed, self-conscious. But encourage your bar customers, people, to think a little bit outside the box. Those were my favorite people just because they were had the guts to change it up a little bit. And it's really easy to go up and sing some of the popular songs, uh, the classic songs. But every once in a while, if your karaoke DJ was as good as the one I had, 
they'll ha- they have novels, volumes even of songs that you can do. And pretty much any uh, my karaoke DJ had pretty much any song that I could ever think about at the time. And uh you know, it was just almost refreshing one night this girl just decided to get up and sing Limelight by Rush. And it was, oh, that was refreshing. Uh, and she sang it actually pretty well. Uh, every once in a while, if the bar was dead, I would sing a Harry Connick Jr. song just to change it up because it was it was fun. I like Harry Connick Jr. and his music, and they happen to have a few of his songs on there. And some people actually did find it a little bit refreshing that I would have the guts instead of going up and sing your standard country music, your standard rock and roll music. I'd go up and sing some big band because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Rat Pack, you know, the, uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin and, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, Joey Bishop, all those guys, all the guys in the Rat Pack. And I'm a big fan of them and their music. And Harry Connick Jr. Does that music justice? And if at the time she had it, I probably would have even done Brian Setzer orchestra because the live or the big band version of rock. This town is the shit. I love that version of it. The, the classic version from the eighties still awesome, but the big band version, Oh, it rocks. But I will tell you one guy, this is the last one. I swear. I'm going to say one guy would annoy the piss out of me because he would go up and sing the end by the doors. Got nothing against the doors, got nothing against that uh, the song The End. But for karaoke purposes, the guy sang, it's, a, there's probably a minute and a half's worth of singing in that song, but the song is six and a half minutes long. It's basically an instrumental. And he sat there, you know, microphone in his lap, and, you know, he's, this is the end, the end, my friend, and then just sit there during the whole organ solo and all of that stuff just sit there for like four minutes straight before he got uh, back into a part where he could sing again and i was like my god why do that you're basically just sitting there staring at a computer screen at that point don't do that you know smack him on the nose bad customer anyway that's enough of a rant for tonight uh that's it for the wednesday quick shot episode thank you so much for listening to hey bartender podcast remember if you want to get a hold of me you want to be on the show, you want your music to be played on the show, or you just want to share a story or drink special through email, you can email me at dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can direct message me on any of the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's all Hey Bartender Podcast. Just look up at Hey Bartender Podcast and you will find me. I'm not hard to find. And also remember, if you want to pick up some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, head on over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and you can listen to past episodes while you're there and shop around for some merchandise if you feel like it. Buy some merchandise, support a podcast, that's what I say. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, I want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last call?